This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on At the Gates, Thea 2, Endless Legend, and much, much more. Nate and Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. It's really good to be here. And uh, before we get started on anything, I'd like to thank everyone who posted in the comments section uh, for expressing their support and condolences, thoughts and prayers and everything. Uh, I attended a lot of funerals in these past few days, and it was really great for the community to uh, lend their emotional support to me during that time. And I just want to say thank you very much. It did help. It made a difference, and as always, our community is the best. And I just wanted to let everyone know that you did. You helped me through a tough time, and I appreciate it. And uh, on behalf of Exploraminate, also thank you for being patient and understanding. We're going to get these things worked out. We're working out. Oh, there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes in our private lives off of the forums and off of Exploraminate that you know, for one reason or another, we don't really talk about all that often. And as a result of that, this has been actually going on for some of us for more than a year. Hence why, you know, the content is slow. Hence why reviews are still like we're behind on a bunch of them. But everything will come in. Everything will be done. Everything will be to the quality that you guys have grown to expect from us. So just hang in there a little bit more. We're going to work out the bugs with the show. And hopefully this show sounds good. So let us know. If that's not the case, I think with that, we should just jump to the first item, right? That sounds good. Why don't you kick us off with Civ 6? All right. So this week in Civilization 6 Gathering Storm news, we had the first look for the Ottomans. Now, in the notes, there's going to be a link to about an hour-long stream that they had, I think, on Twitch that they later post up on YouTube. That's what we always link. So it's going to be there. You get to see, like, gameplay and everything else like that. Anyway, so... Uh, the leader for the autumn, they're coming back from C5, and the leader for them is Suleiman. And he was, at the time, a very influential and powerful leader. And in the within the Muslim communities, very highly regarded. So that's definitely, you don't have a lot of leaders in, that are highly regarded in religious circles as they are in economic and social. This guy was like, this guy was like a, a leader that was beloved by a lot. I can't say everybody, but he, he was good to a lot of people and you know, all that. So anyways, his, um, his unique ability is called the grand vizier. And basically this is a governor. It unlocks a unique governor that has its own or his own skill tree. And this governor can actually be established in different 
civilizations. So if you are at war with somebody, for example, let's say you're at war with somebody and you just conquered a city, especially in Gathering Storm, you have a lot of issues with city flip because of uh, unhappiness, you know. If you install him in that city, it's going to mitigate a lot of that negativity. He helps pacify the city and helps to join your empire faster. So this is definitely a very, very strong governor to have. He gets various bonuses. Again, it's all linked if you want more details. Now, their unique unit is the Janissary, and these are musket. This is the replacement for musketmen. They're stronger than musketmen, but they're also cheaper. But they do have one issue. If you build them in your cities, then you lose a population point. So that's that's kind of big. That's the only real time you lose population points is when you create a settler. But if you make him in one of the cities that you just conquered, then that you're still trying to pacify and you build them in that city, you don't lose a population point. So that's something to consider. Very interesting unit. Now, their unique building is the Grand Bazaar. And basically, this replaces the bank within the commercial hub. And it adds additional amenities and strategic resources to the city. And then they have a unique, another unique unit is the Barbary Corsair. And these are, this is basically a, a ship that replaces the privateer. And it is available earlier on in the game. And when it does coastal raids, it does not use up movement. Points. So that's that's pretty good. That was that's kind of how they controlled the Mediterranean and northern Africa and like all those spaces right there. So that that was definitely a very a, a big strength of the Ottomans. Now another unique ability they have is called the Great Turkish Bombard. And what a lot of people probably don't know is that the way that the graphic in the game and in past games is. I guess stylized or based on is actually that particular great Turkish bombard, like how it was historically. So the basically what it means is that siege units are faster to produce. They get a bonus to their combat strength. And when they're bombing cities, the chance of losing population is mitigated. So they don't they don't kill the population while they're bombing cities. And that's pretty big. And they also get a benefit from um amenities and loyalties under Ottoman control. So this is, the Ottomans are very much, I think, a civilization that's going to be about conquest and about assimilating conquered cities and not so much, as long as they don't overexpand, um, I think they're not going to have too many issues with that. And the war wariness system is changing from rise and fall and from the base game significantly. Now it's going to be called, um, oh, what's it going to be called? Um grievances like you know the different civilizations will have grievances with each other so i mean i'm looking forward to it i'm kind of sick and tired of the war awareness so uh check out in the notes you'll see links to both this and you will see a link to the one hour video that's on youtube from Firaxis where you can see it in play and you'll hear the various developers talking about it so definitely i'm i'm very excited for gathering storm I think it's going to really improve Civ 6. But as this new series we have going on, which is the various um, writers at Exploronade that wanted to put staffers that wanted to participate, uh, we're all talking about what we would like to see in the future of Civ 6. Not Civ Civ 7 or some other game, but like how, how Civ 6 can change. So you saw my piece about a week ago. By the time that you hear this, uh, Joshua's piece will be up. A couple of the other guys are working on it, but I think those will be later on, a couple of weeks down the line. So 
definitely tell us what you think. I We got a lot of good comments from my piece. I really liked reading the feedback, and I'm looking forward to reading what people have to say about Joshua's. Awesome. Well, very cool. Uh, we're going to kind of transition to a former employee at Firaxis who worked on Civ Five, and that's John Schaefer in his game, At the Gate. So it's out now. It's available on Steam. You can go and get it. And this week he gave us a, an update, a, a dev diary number six about art and sound. So it begins talking about the watercolor style for the game. That's what the graphics are like. So it's a two-dimensional game. It's not really a 3D game. And the artistic expression for the game is sort of like a watercolor style for it. So it, it's somewhat... Um, oh, it's not very highly detailed, this sort of thing. But it's designed to provoke your imagination. So that way the, the gamer can kind of imprint onto the map and the units his own or her own imagination and, and sort of role play as you play, which I think is sort of the point of the game. Also, he talked about how he uh, got Jeff Knorr to create the, the title theme song for the game and uh, also uh, the logo video for that. So um, it, uh, it goes on to talk about how it doesn't have a looping background music and this is by design, so you're just kind of playing it, you know, uh, with without that, like most games will have some type of thing. Sometimes it's irritating. In fact, I'll be honest, I mute the music in my games an awful lot because I just don't care. I, I don't really care about that at all. So, um, also this week, uh, Polygon did a what I thought was a pretty good article on At the Gates, reviewing it, uh, perhaps somewhat generous to it, to the game, I think. Um, but it presented the positive aspects of it, the negative aspects of it, why it's such a uh, an addictive game for those who really get into it. So I thought um, to, to get your game reviewed on Polygon is a big deal. So I bet John was pretty excited about that happening. Anyway, like we said, At the Gates is out. It's available on Steam. You can go and get it there. And uh, the people who have played it on our forums have, for the most part, been pretty positive about it. Absolutely. And um, when you mentioned the article on Polygon, there's actually, it's been reviewed on a few different places. I've seen some of the YouTubers I follow talking about it. We should have stuff up, but we don't, you know, <laughs> such is the case. We will. It'll be thorough, but it's not there yet. So anyways, getting back to that. So Polygon is interesting. So they kind of beat up on it for quite a no, bit. No, not that bad. It could have been much worse. They, they could have, have savaged it a lot more. I've seen some savage reviews of it. I think the most positive review I've seen was Rob's review on his site. So I think that was the most positive. Uh, Polygon is maybe close to that. And that's, that's good. You know, that shows that, you know, the game has a lot of potential, but it's very nuanced. And for people that don't want nuance in their games, they might not like it. So, you know, it is what it is. Take... Any review, including our, our forthcoming review, you always have to take with a grain of salt. You know, it really depends on which sources you trust. You know, make up your own mind. Don't let one person or one group make it up for you and then later be angry at them because, oh, they, you were lied to. You know, there's lots of stuff out there. So do be diligent, do your research. And I would say that for any game. It's not nothing to do with At The Gates or John Schaefer or anything. These days, if you're not reviewing your games, you know, 
I'm sorry, you got nobody to blame but yourself if you're disappointed in what you got. Now, if it's a broken, buggy mess, that's a different story. But we're talking about, like, the way it looks. Nobody's hiding its appearance, you know? Sure, it doesn't look like Civ Six, but then again, very few games do, right? Yeah, well, so. let's move on to a similar type of game. Why don't you tell us about Thea 2? Right, so this past week, Thea 2 had two updates. It had one on the 21st, and it had another one on the 25th, right before the weekend. So basically, there there's a lot of feedback being given in. Now, here's a quick thing. If you're playing Thea 2 and you're experiencing a crash, you can actually report it from the game. Press F8. It takes a screen grab. It sends a bunch of, like, diagnostic information, and you can, like, tell them what happened. So you don't even have to, like, do significantly more unless they i guess contact you or maybe you talk to them on discord or steam or whatever so anyway so they're taking feedback they are um continuing balance changes there's still a few things that are again thea 2 is an early access it is not a complete game so all the features all the you know aspects of the game are not completely in there but the core is and i'd say probably it feels like it's 85 80 to 85 percent in and it's it's fantastic for you know i'm enjoying myself a lot and lots of changes tweaks bug fixes lots of people are reporting bugs they're fixing them spelling grammar that kind of stuff but then all kinds of balance stuff they they recently changed shielding around and weapons and upgrades i'm very i'm guessing they're going to be tackling the upgrade trees and research trees further and like they were talking about how they are adjusting damage so i mean this is one little dot of long list but let me pick one that's very um no is it yeah there it is it's uh changing how line charge works and that's a particular attack skill or changing that uh, how young kids so they made a change from the first game to this game so in the first game a young kid was essentially something you carried in your backpack served no purpose until it was an adult and it's like la 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 boom now you have an adult here it's not you have a young kid they're weaker there's obviously they are they're not going to do very well in fights but they still can help with gathering crafting and you know in an emergency they can step in so they're changing that these kids cannot carry jewelry or or items to boost them which would make sense they're changing um, like the skills in the kids and the skills in the adults so like the kids can't get the super powerful skills too early because it doesn't quite make sense you know they're adding more 3d animated figures so one of the things is that um the characters like the cards they're animated in 3d on the on the map and the ones that don't have the animations you'll never see them in your parties but they've added them for one of the characters from the story the alchemist there's a significance to that but i i will not say anything and they added one for one of the demons and they're continuing to um to you know, further tweak like the crafting. They're going to be adding some some more stuff to the village. They've already added the upgrade to the idol, so that's that's good. Now, moving on to the the January twenty fifth build, they're continue. So one of the major things they have is an event editor, where you know it's basically they give you the tool set and you can create your own quest chains and you know you can do all kinds of fun stuff with that. So they're adding to that. They're adjusting the tags. They are. Um, let me see. What's another big one? Aha, they're fixing broken stuff. So there's a particular event. If you're traveling across water, you have the the mermaids or the water demons, the rusalkas, and it can cause a lock. They're fixing. So anyways, there's a lot of stuff in there. Every week, every week, it's getting better. It's getting better. And it is. One caveat. If you're playing a game, best log offline until you finish because each one of these updates will invalidate your save. So, you know, for those that are helping with the testing, it doesn't matter. 
And for those that are just trying to play the game and have fun, that could kill your saves. And it's happened to me, and I would, I've gotten frustrated once twice. But then again, it's like, who cares? Start over. Let's see what I can do different, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's frustrated me as well. And it's probably limited the amount of time I could put in the game. But, man, every time I'm playing that game, I'm having a great time. It, it's already a good game. So, whatever. Yeah, it's, you know, it's whatever. Like, you're going to have fun playing it. So, even That's if all you lose matters, your save. Right? Yeah. That is all that matters. Unless you want to have the perfect game, in which case I recommend you wait until the game yep. comes out or it's yep. closer to release. More of the system. I mean, as far as I can tell, everything is in there. There's a few little things that are still not that are, that I wish were, but they're adding. Like they recently added, you have two rituals. So you had one thing to help you deal with your, um, like your willpower going down and another one to deal with your sanity. So so recently they added something to help remove like negative curses and stuff like that, which that was huge because if you got those, oh my God, that's that, that could be end of game. So they're, they're still adding little things, but that's all based on what people are saying. Like, oh, I wish we had this, I wish we had that. And you know what? When you have a developer that's willing to do that, you know, be grateful. Yeah. Because a lot of them are tone deaf. They don't want to hear anything. They have a they know what they're doing and that's it. And then when the game comes out, they're like, We didn't know. How could we know? Well, people were telling you. Oh, we didn't know about that. Why didn't somebody tell us? It's like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, talking you know? about uh developers who listen to the fans, we're gonna move on to Driftland, the magic revival. And in their update this week, they said the next one will have the campaign, which will be pretty cool. And in this one, they gave us three different types of updates, AI, UI, and bug fixes. So with the AI, it looks like the AI is finally going to play the game. So for instance, it'll retreat when it loses too many units, or it'll move islands together that have treasures because you kind of need that. And it will evacuate uh, workers and everything else from an island if an enemy is invading with a large force and, you know, it, it just decides this island is no longer worth defending. So uh, the, AI, the AI should be getting a lot better. Now, the UI, I'm not sure I understand what all this means, but I guess it means that the UI is going to be smoother. It's going to provide more information. The events log is going to give you more details about what's going on. And so all that's really good. Then naturally some of the bugs that caused freezing and crashing were fixed as well. So brief update from Driftland this week, but big things are coming to it. Yes, they are. Big things. And it's it's like if you guys want to know what we're talking about, Dallin recently did a short little stint with it. I think it was like four episodes, maybe five episodes on our YouTube channel. So that'll be linked in the notes. Check it out. He was giving impressions. From what I can tell, he's enjoying it. I know you, you've been dabbling with it. You've been enjoying yourself. So Yeah, it's pretty cool. The closest game that recently came out, I think, to Driftlands, it's different. It's very different, but it has kind of similar beats would be Northgard, where it is kind of like because they're both have they're both rts's in essence but they're both 4x's or Northgard is close to 4x more rts and this one is more 4x and less rts but they kind of like you know the way the game flows you have time it's not like click 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 fast fast do, 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 do. you know you're not stuck with that and so if you're not a huge rts fans you uh, you will definitely be enjoying Driftlands, and it's fun it's a fun game Okay, anyways, let's talk about a game that is not an RTS, 
but it is and not quite fantasy. It's more like sci-fantasy, and this is Age of Wonders Planetfall. So this week we have the first Dev Diary number 26. The guys at Triumph are back somewhat. They're still kind of, I think they're still gearing up because this week is talking about the key art and logo and um, the artist who worked on it is talking, you know, with the various producers they were discussing, you know, you know, what it was going to look like. They showed a picture from Age of Wonders 2, the Wizard Throne, then they showed one from Age of Wonders 3. And they're like, you know, to keep that whole thing. It's, all, it's like kind of like a triumvirate of sorts. So they have the same thing here with Planetfall, and they're talking about the main hero, the different graphic design elements, and, like, why they use the logo. So, again, this is not no gameplay. The next faction is not has not been revealed, with, but we're guessing it's going to be the Amazons based on the last video of theirs that we saw and, like, the information we saw from the last Major Dev Diary. And just, it's really cool. It's fun. It's interesting. It's always interesting to see the thinking behind the products that we get. And this is no different. So click on the notes if you want to look at some cool looking art, like some some of the key art. Basically, this is like the splash screens, the you know, the intro, the you know, that stuff. So other than that, it's been pretty it's it's a short, quick week for Age of Wonders Planfall. I'm still so excited for this game. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's it's gonna be fantastic. And I'll keep repeating it until it is fantastic, right? Yeah, for sure. So next we're gonna talk about Endless Legends. So this week, Symbiosis came out with the new faction, the Mykara. And Nate, I heard that that faction is full of a bunch of fun guys. (laughs) (laughs) So there's your dad joke of the week, everybody. Uh, Oh, God. I'm sorry. I was not, I I do not approve of dad jokes. I I get enough of them as it is. Even though we were both dads, still. Yeah. It was awful. So, was awful. anyway, the Mykara are the the mushroom people faction that were introduced with this DLC. And uh, it's out now. You can go and buy it. Um, they are sort of a one-city challenge type faction. It's kind of like the cultists, but very different in how they can expand and grow and infest enemy cities that they conquer and siphon resources off from them and also with this come the urkon giant titan beast people things that you can beat up and then once you beat them up they'll be your servants until somebody else comes and beat them up and they they get their own domestic kind of like a skill tree i guess kind of like a hero so it, it looks very similar to the the hero skill trees from mm-hmm. Endless Space Two. Mm-hmm. So that they they look different from them, the Endless Legend hero trees, but it kind of looks like the Endless Space Two heroes. And you know you can level them up and get all kinds of cool abilities for them. And you know it's similar where you can park them uh, in your city and get a bonus, or you can go around and kill people with them, which is always fun. So uh, this DLC brings two pretty good things: a new a new faction which is really the best part of Endless Legend, just playing each faction and how it tackles the game differently. And then also like a new mechanic for everybody to play with, and that's these Urkons that you can go and kind of capture and add to your army, which adds a new wrinkle to it. So, And they come uh, up later in the game too, and they move around. They're not like stuck in one little spot. So yes, yes, you're you know. right. You're right. So... Um, it adds a new wrinkle to the game. 
something else to explore and level up, just like what Endless Legend does. This has got to be one of the deepest 4X games out there. It's just amazing. So anyway, uh, that's available now, and now's not a bad time to pick it up because Endless or Amplitude is running their Endless Day or Endless Celebration series right now. And essentially, if the community plays enough uh, uh, of of their games, they can unlock new things for Endless Space 2. So at the time of this recording, I think we're at 68%. And a new minor faction, a a new ruins, and a new quest have been unlocked. And at this rate, I don't see how... Uh, the whole thing could not be unlocked. So it's looking real good for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I like how the website for it updates live because I'm watching the counter go up like right now uh, for Systems Explored. So this is really cool and fantastic. And man, uh, both these games are looking really good, Nate. Um, Well, I already brought up Endless Space 2. Why don't you talk about what's going on with it? Sure. But before I do, one quick thing. So... Uh, they had a stream on Thursday where they had the different members from the dev team and like Romain, who is the CEO, and a few others come on. And because Thursday was their beer together hour and all that stuff out in Paris, where it's open to um, you know fans to come join them and hang out with them, have some drinks, have some you know merch stuff that they're giving out for free. So it's really cool. But during that stream, they had mentioned that this is the last and final DLC expansion for Endless Legend. So. Up until they released Inferno, we thought that they were done with it. And then Inferno came out. Now they had this one. So it looks like that they're done with it. This is it for Endless Legend. Who knows? Maybe they're working on this Legend 2. You know? Can we speculate about that? But um, yeah. Okay. So Endless Space. So part of this Endless Day, they're doing a thing for Endless Space. They just released Penumbra. And that's the uh, next expansion DLC for Endless Space. This brings forward the new faction, the race. It brought us uh, the espionage system. It's Again, it's interesting. In Endless Legend, we have a faction that's playing one, you know, playing tall, single city kind of situation. Well, in Endless Space, same thing. These guys are stealth. These guys have just their one system. They infiltrate other systems. They create sanctuaries they hack counter hack they spy it's it's very very cool it is i mean this is a very so okay so i really like this new espionage system but i've read from some people especially in our forums talking about hey you know it's very micromanagey and i don't know if i like it more or less i mean it's cool we appreciate it but i really like the one from endless legends okay fair enough but still you know most most space forex games don't even get this far and they don't have this much and i mean with the umbral choir they introduced cloaking <laughs> you know so you have cloaked ships now you have oh my god there's so much cool stuff it's awesome i i can't wait to see what else. And then once all of the things from Endless Day are open, so we know some of the things. Once everything's open, it's probably going to be a couple of months before it's fully implemented. But it's all free stuff. This is free content from Amplitude for their community for participating. And speaking of free stuff, now this is the interesting thing. So apparently, Endless Space, the original game, Endless Space 1, the full version with the expansion, with everything, is free. Not free to play like, oh, here's a reduced game and you have to get stuff. But it's like it's free. You can download it for free and keep it forever. And now you have Endless Space 1. 
So even though on sale it's like seven bucks, ten bucks, twelve bucks, whatever, it's a free, awesome game. It's 4X. It's the game that got me back into playing 4X back in when when was it? 2012 when it came out. Yep, that was the year. So up until that, I had I think I gave up on 4X. It was just there was it was such in such a rut, such a stalemate in place that I'd given up. And Endless Space brought me back. And you know I'm I will always be grateful to Amplitude for that. And I mean I've been. Loving it ever since. I mean, look, Exploraminate, right? Helped Rob put this thing together, and we're running it and doing our thing. And, you know, if not for Endless Space, it's because of that. So, so thank you very much for that. All, All right, right. Very well, cool. Yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, didn't no, it's, okay. to... it's okay. I wanted to ask you about uh, Alliance of the Sacred Suns. So they've been pretty uh, vocal the last couple of weeks, huh? Oh, yeah. More than more than just last couple of weeks. It's been about a month now. We've been getting a lot of updates. So uh, the last few weeks, we talked a lot about trade. And a big part of trade is how each planet's viceroy, essentially the governor for each planet, reacts to the situations that are presented to him. And this week, the developer gave us a, a lot of information on what makes a viceroy. Now, it takes a lot. To explain what this is, a viceroy has seven skills, okay? And uh, they're not listed very conveniently here, but there are seven different skills. Some of them are uh, like charm. That's how well he gets along with individuals. There's administration, how well he delegates responsibilities to others. His uh, greed, savviness, intelligence, all these sorts of things. And these, each one of these are calculated through the game and how this Viceroy will address the planet's needs, the house's needs. Remember, because this game is a game of factions. There are multiple houses within the Empire and the viceroy has to please the people he governs and his house and you, the player, who is the space emperor. And each turn, the, the viceroy has a certain number of points he can assign. And he's going to prioritize different things. Is he going to prioritize manufacturing? Is he going to prioritize food production? Is he going to prioritize profit? He's going to prioritize putting down the rebellion on the planet. All those different things. He's got to choose because he can't do everything. He can't do everything in this game. Now, the the update this week gives a case study on a particular scenario with a Viceroy. And again, the developer talks over and over about the negative aspects of Viceroy's. Well, he's not very smart. Well... He's kind of susceptible to bribes, this sort of thing. So we're not learning much about the positive things about Viceroy's, like what special abilities or attributes might you want to see in a Viceroy. Instead, we're just talking about how corrupt they can be, which I find, I don't know, a, a little bit disappointing. I'd like to see more on the positive side rather than the negative. Well, I suspect that's probably coming soon. It's just usually in games... Um, the focus is really on the positive aspects of the games, and that's not always what makes the game interesting. Now, the Viceroy being corrupt or corruptible does not mean the game will be bad. It just means that you have to keep an eye out on your Viceroy. You know, you have to, you can't just be like, oh, my Viceroy is going to handle everything. Everything will be fine. You know, oh, how did it happen? You know? So if Yeah, well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up because he talks about what you can do about 
a viceroy you don't like and there are actually <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of options yeah you can replace the viceroy with someone else who is currently not in a post that you have in your your court mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. you can manage the viceroy's plan yourself mm -hmm. but that uses up your administration points which you only have so many to spend each term mm -hmm. you can find somebody from a different house to take over a system Mm -hmm. Or you can make a, basically, you give the planet an assignment. Okay, your planet's job is to produce this thing or to provide this many credits to the Empire or whatever. So you can make it do that, but the trade-off for that is um, you will limit the planet's growth from there. So it, that really hampers the growth. You can do nothing and hope it all works out. You can give the planet or the whole system to a different house and say, all right, you guys are in charge of it. Now it's going to cause friction among your houses, but you can do that. Or you can reassign the Viceroy to a less critical planet and put a different Viceroy in. I mean, that's just a lot of really cool strategic decisions that you can make with the Viceroys of each planet. My concern is that you're just going to be constantly managing bad situations. and Well, this that, is a grand strategy game. Well, it is definitely the grand spreadsheet management game um, <laughs> that some wow. people really enjoy. Uh, I, I am not even kidding. I'm looking at this UI, and I like the UI. The UI is very attractive in this game. But it is uh, like an accounting spreadsheet mm -hmm. that I'm looking at here with multiple cells, each one with a value. I, I couldn't even count up. Just well, here looking at this, I, there's got to be at least 30 different values, maybe more. Uh, oh, it's got to be more, maybe <laughs> close to 50. Uh, you know, this is definitely that type of game. And look, there are tons of people that enjoy that type of Absolutely. game. Tons. Absolutely. Tons. So if, uh, if eking out uh, the most you can out of a spreadsheet is your thing, you are going to love Alliance of the Sacred Sons. It has got that, and it is very deep, very detailed, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm really liking what I'm seeing here. I think this is going to be a game that really appeals to some people. I want to do a quick plug. It's it, we weren't initially going to talk about it, but today the, we're recording late Saturday night. Uh, I noticed a lot of activity in the Dominus Galaxia thread. So the developer right. for it is, has mentioned that he's going to be doing a Kickstarter for it. So I just want to give him a quick plug. Keep an eye out. Uh, we'll have a link in the notes for it. And uh, this was an anticipated game of ours. I think in the not this past year for 2019. I mean, we are anticipating it. It's just for 2018, we had some footage. We're really excited. And, you know, as as is the case with indie developers, a lot of these guys and gals, they're working on a shoestring budget, you know, holding down a job or two and trying to fund this stuff. And it's not easy and it's time consuming. And we certainly understand. I mean, we're not significantly different than that in that regard. So, you know, just quick little plug. And we'll have a link to it in the notes, and we'll keep you guys updated as to what happens. And the developer is constantly engaging with our community in our forum. So if you ever have any questions, go in there, talk to him. He's a very smart guy and very interesting to talk to, even if he doesn't agree with you. You know, he tries to keep it, keep it um, cordial, and I think cordial, and I think that's important. So okay, let's talk about a different game. That's a grand strategy game, but not really. It might have been at one point. 
but not anymore. So Stellaris had their uh, update for this week, and it is uh, Dev Diary number 139, just in case, since they're pre-released to now. It's been 139 of them. So this is not actually talking about any upcoming new content or you know, brainstorming about what they want to release. This is more about a f- the post-launch fix for Megacorp. And they address, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be addressed, but they're really focusing on three specific things. Population growth. A lot of community members are coming back with various complaints. So they're really going to be focusing on that to tweak it and, you know, make it make more sense. Ship upgrades, another huge thing. So when I played it back in 2.0 and 2.1 when I was playing it, and I put in quite a bit of hours in a short period of time. Ship upgrades, that was tedious. And it was like you couldn't upgrade ship. You had to upgrade ships. You needed a lot of money and resources. So they're fixing that. And then planet view with the tile system change and the citizen and the jobs. And like that's you spend so much of your game looking at the various planets, trying to figure out what's going on. And it's somewhat nonsensical at times so they're going to be addressing and further tweaking it amongst many other things but they kind of wanted to let everybody know that they're back behind the wheel you know the car is not the vehicle the spaceship is not careening out of control that you know they they know what they're doing they're listening to feedback and just stay tuned and keep bringing it in they're actually paying attention they just can't answer everything because you know what there's a lot of people saying stuff and not all of it is kind okay (laughs) I, I think I think that needs to be said because absolutely, you know, sometimes I'm I'm like I get frustrated by something, I get angry by something, but I know not to be mean about it, not to be angry and abusive and insulting because when you do stuff like that, people just tune you out, assuming they don't blacklist you or just ban you altogether, right? So okay, well let's move on to the next news item. So these are going to be a couple of rapid fire ones because the show is is already long as it is. And we we need to talk to you about some of the stuff. But okay. So this week there was an update for Total War Warhammer 2. And this thing is called the Festag Beta Update. And they're updating the update. And basically there's a, a beta that you can opt into to check out all these changes that are undergoing. A lot of fixes for bugs. A lot of skill changes for various uh, uh, leaders for the lords. And then they have uh, changing to buildings. And this is across the board. It's not just to one faction. I mean, they're going after dark elves, vampires. They're going after, uh, uh, like, let me see, dwarf, uh, all of them, chaos. A lot of people are getting attention. And then on top of that, they're also doing all kinds of balance changes for the many factions. So... um, this and then abilities oh my god this thing's ridiculous this thing this thing looks like it was written by paradox so there's going to be a link in the notes go check it out um no new stuff yet for total war 2 but something is coming and another quick little rapid fire item is that pillars of eternity 2 which is a ARPG, I think it's what it's called, American or Western RPG, three-quarter perspective kind of thing based on, I don't know, version 3.5 of Dungeons & Dragons, I think. I don't know, version 3.0, something like that. This, so right now, so this game, we like it. Uh, Mark did a lot of stuff with it. it. was, you know, he supported on the Kickstarter, did some videos for it, just 
you know, he loves this game, but he's had some complaints and they're addressing him. But the major thing about it is, is that they're adding a turn-based mode for the combat. So the way it works now is a little too Diablo-esque, but instead of in Diablo, a whole party, and it's hard to get them to do stuff. But if you're doing turn-based, it's much easier, kind of like Divinity Original Sin 2. So this game is getting a turn-based mode. They don't have a release time for it, but it is getting. Now, this is... Uh, something that I'm very excited for. I back these guys. This is Xenonauts 2. They are on Steam now. They have a release date of March 2019. We don't have an exact time, but click on the link. Take a look. I don't know if you can... I think you can purchase it now, maybe. I don't know, but I backed it, so I, I have access, sort of, I guess. I'll get my key when it, it gets ready, but I'm very excited for it. It's, it's basically like the original XCOM not the remakes from 2012, but the ones that came out in the 90s. Xenonauts 1 was a very, very highly regarded game. And they've, it looks like they've improved as much as they can for such a small studio. So I'm rooting for them. And, and one more set of quick news. Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2 is out. Now, uh, we have a calendar on our website that shows the three next games, which are usually 4X and maybe a strategy or something like that. So do take a look from time to time to see what's upcoming. But because of all these games that are coming out right now, this Battle BFGA 2 is not getting a lot of attention. We have quite a bit of talking about it on our forums and, you know, the people I follow are playing it on YouTube, but like outside of that, not too many people are noticing. And that's a shame because they've really improved a lot from the first game. They've added more factions and there's a discussion in our forums that is it a 4X like or a 4X light? And that's, that's an interesting conversation to be had. And when we have an excursion for it, we'll definitely address it there. And we do have a key, a review key. So expect to get some stuff from Dallin in the near future. So stay tuned for that. And let me see. Okay. So that's it for the new main items. And for this week, there's a game I'd like to talk about called Here Be Dragons. Now, this is... Um, so th this is funny. If um, if you play a Civ game and you look at the map, you zoom out of the map, all the unknown parts of the world has like this very stylistic, you know, 15th century Renaissance art, like giant kraken and monsters and giant whales and creatures because nobody knew what was out there. So that's kind of like the aesthetic of this game. So this is a satirical turn-based game where... Um, Christopher Columbus is discovering the new world is the best way to describe it. Now, I don't know. It's it's I look at it and I just like it may it, it puts a smile on my face. This is a small studio. This is this this is definitely a passion project. Give it a click, give it a look. It's coming soon. They don't have an exact release date, but I'm guessing they say quarter 1, so I'm guessing probably by March it should be out. And it's it's fun. It is. It looks like it's going to be a fun game. So links are in the notes. Give them a look. Now, Troy, do you remember yeah. how we keep having to push back some rants that I have and people are asking in the comments they can't wait to hear them? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so first rant. There's two. I will keep them brief. The first rant is not so much a rant. It's more about bringing attention to something. So recently, Steam updated their storefront and their DLC is going to be a lot easier to navigate, a lot easier to find. So this initially was on the January 11th, so about almost three weeks ago. 
well, actually more than three weeks ago. And um, you should be able to identify like it's on the one hand, it's good. I really appreciate it because it's it makes it easier to figure out what you want, what you don't want. You know, to, it's kind of organized better. There's still the issue of like certain DLC count as individual games. So when you look in your library, instead of having one game and like click on it, and then it opens up the DLC. I mean, maybe that's what it'll eventually look like. So maybe they listened to our podcast and said, whoa, those guys in Exploraminate, they know their shit. I mean, stuff. So <laughs> let's go ahead and listen to them and do as they say. So, you know, that's one. So, okay. There's a lot of stuff that's, that uh, Valve needs to do, but of, of the many things that it could be, this is not bad. Okay, so what's the second thing? Second thing is they released the roadmap for 2019, like some of the stuff that they want to fix in 2019. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it's it's an article that's off of Kotaku, and they're discussing it. And um, like this, they're talking about moderation. They're talking about catching developers and you know, making sure that there are no asset flips and things like that. And that's all great. But the bottom line is, if Valve does not mo- does not curate Steam, don't leave it up to the community. The community, we already have stuff that we can do for you guys for free. Great. Please do it yourselves. You guys know what's crap. You guys know what's garbage. You guys know you see so many things that we don't see. Why have us... Fight your battles for you. Do it yourself. Curate. There's so much competition out there. There's so much stuff out there. Why lose marketplace or market space or whatever to the competition when you could very easily not? Moderate the forums. Great. Take out garbage games. Great. How about not let them in in the first place? How about put in, you know, features that let us sort them better? Because, okay, you know what? You want to let in 10,000 games a great how about they have the tags in the system now why is it that the majority of the recommendations that appear on my on my you know steam wall or whatever the the store steam storefront are all marked with tags that i don't want to see why are you featuring them i don't want to see it i don't care if my friend recommended this game because they found it good i don't want to see this has a tag first person shooter never show me any single game that has first person shooter i don't care if it's the first person shooter that i've been looking for don't show it to me i don't want to see it if i wanted to see it i would say please show me first person shooter game right right that's just an example okay so i i'm gonna if if i actually go on a proper rant profanity will be flying and i don't want to i want to save it for the next item that one could use some profanity, but i won't youtube or Alphabet or Google or whatever, they're putting it, they're instituting something new that's going to kick in on the 31st, as in 31st, the old feature is done. On on February 1st, the new feature kicks in. So what it is, is it's like this. When any of the Exploraminate staffers that have access to our YouTube channel post a video, it automatically updates it to our um, Twitter page or Facebook or whatever. It just, it, it, here's a link, boom. It's like a post. They want to remove it because uh, player choice or something? I don't know. They gave some weird logic reason. I can't even share the email unless cut and p- copy and paste it into the notes so you guys can see the email. But the email is nonsensical. Like, we think it's better if you take time out of your day and retweet it for everybody to see. We don't want to have this automated process. It's, it's not convenient. Really? Really? You know what? Can somebody please come up with a YouTube alternative, a feasible YouTube alternative, so YouTube can just die already? I'm so sick of YouTube. 
I'm so sick of this garbage. You know, just like, and then they're making changes and like Google is making changes to their Android system and to Chrome and to their browser. So you can't block stuff. They're changing APIs. So you can't use ad blockers. It's ridiculous. I don't want to see your ads. That's why I stopped watching TV. Not because I'm cool. Not because I'm amazing. Not because I'm trying to show off to the world. I just don't want to see commercials. I don't care for commercials. If I want a product, I'll go, I'll go search it out. And if I don't want it, don't, don't force feed it to me. That's why I stopped listening to radio. That's why when I go to the movies, you know, two times a year, I find out what time the movie starts and I arrive there about a minute before the actual movie starts. I don't want to see any previews. I don't want to see any commercials. I don't want to see any ads. So I canceled. I just don't watch live sports anymore because so much stuff. It's ridiculous. Okay. In case you wanted to know, this is what I've been sitting on trying to think of how to present it without being offensive or obnoxious. So Troy, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I have not had much time to play hardly anything this week so a little bit of blitz and a little bit of thea 2 and that's it how about yourself no blitz no world of tank blitz in case people didn't know uh some thea 2 i can't even go online with my game because if you go online with it and i'm i have my steam set up to automatically update games me too and because there's so many changes constantly happening and i'm very grateful for them because they every single change i've yet to experience one that made the game worse as in oh i hate this Uh, they keep improving it they're taking feedback and i like what they're doing i don't necessarily agree with all of it but i understand it and when i play with it a little bit i'm like okay yeah makes sense but my current game i have to keep my computer offline until I finish it, because if I log in, it's going to update it, and my save is going to be invalidated. And I have a really cool game with a lot of cool stuff happening, and there's so much cool stuff. I'm like, I think, like, half to two-thirds done with the main quest. So many cool things are happening. It is, wow, it's awesome. It's an awesome game. Playing that with my son, too, so that's fun. I have to cover his eyes with certain events, because it's, it is an adult game. So sometimes there's strong language, and he's reading it. And I'm like, he's like, why are you covering my eyes, Dad? Is it because they're cussing? I'm like, yes, yeah, son. It's not because the some of the characters are nude. No, no, not that. <laughs> so he's young. My son's young. So anyways, um, what else? Uh, Endless Legend, Endless Space 2. Endless Legend because I'm checking out Symbiosis. Wow. Oh, it's great. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Endless Space 2, same thing. And I'm trying to help out by opening up more systems for um, Endless Day. But unfortunately, I have to keep my main gaming rink offline so i don't know if any of the playing i do is actually impacting the endless activities so it is what it is but let me see anything else um no oh you know what i got one more bit of thea news though it's not thea 2 the shattering it's for thea 1 the awakening so thea 1 was is being ported to the nintendo switch so for those of you on the switch that want a good 4x game and don't want to pay full price for Civ for a year and a half old version of Civ or a year old version of Civ, you can get Theo. Theo One is going to be available on the Switch. And I was talking to Milo, who is one of the developers and the main narrative writer, or, you know, she is the, the wordmeister over there, you know, the lore keeper. She says that none of the language was changed, none of the events was changed. So you're getting the full version of Thea. You're not getting some PG version of the game. So awesome. Very yeah. cool. So good for them. Really, really cool. Let me see. Two more things. Second to last thing is, we're very curious what you think of how this show turned out. Skype has just been a nightmare. So we have, for the moment, abandoned Skype and switched to Discord. Now, 
If you hear any particular noises in the background or we sound too crisp or too muddled, please let us know. This is the first time we are recording on Discord. And this is episode two. It only took us 221 episodes to switch to Discord or 221 weeks. Well, Discord's not that that old, but still. So we're on Discord now. And as a result, we're also going to be opening up a Discord channel. Now, I don't know how active we're going to be on it initially, but we will have one. And when we do, we will link it on our website. We will link it on our YouTube page, on our uh, Steam site, everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And we'll let you guys know so you can start bugging us on Discord too and maybe set up some cool stuff. I don't know. I, I make no promises as to how we're going to use Discord, but we do have one. And I'll see if anybody else by... Any coincidence opened up an Explominate Discord page, in which case I'll see if I can get ownership of it. And uh, yes, please let us know how we sound. And finally, thank you so much for your support, Patreon. You're awesome. You make all of this happen. And hope you're having a good new year. As you've heard in the last show, our new year has been a bit on the rough side. But hey, maybe next week will be better, right? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Because last week, woo, that was... Woo. I'm glad yeah. it was last week, right? Yeah, last week was pretty rough. So we'd like to thank everyone for joining us this week. We really liked having you on the podcast with us. This has been Troy and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. See ya.